The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. I'm Harianto Diman. Now remember to subscribe to The Straits Times channel so you never miss a single episode. Home recovery is now the default mode of care, accounting for up to 40% of cases every day. But there is still some confusion surrounding it. The Health Ministry is releasing its response to address issues such as complaints about the long lag times between testing positive and being given information about home recovery or being taken to a facility. What should you do while waiting? MOH says to self-isolate in a room, preferably with an attached toilet. If you have to leave the room, wear a mask. And if you're not feeling well, there's a list of telemedicine providers to call at this website. You'll get an SMS with more info on what you should do during home recovery. But MOH is urging patients as it continues to beef up resources and set up the home recovery buddy system. Also, ask your household members to self-register for an electronic quarantine order here. What if you need to leave your room during home recovery? According to MOH, if you do need to step out of the room to collect your meals, for instance, make sure no one is near the doorway to your room. Put on a surgical mask before opening the door, complete your task and return quickly. And looking ahead to the end of the home recovery period, when can you be discharged? MOH says no discharge memo is needed. If you're feeling well, you are discharged on the 10th day of illness. There's also no need for further PCR tests because vaccinated people are extremely unlikely to be infectious by this time. Professor Dale Fisher is here to assess Singapore's current situation. He's a senior consultant at NUH's Division of Infectious Diseases. Welcome to the show, Professor. P Professor, while the number of patients in ICU remains relatively low, 19 as at yesterday, there are over 1,000 still warded at hospitals. Would you describe that as overwhelming the healthcare system? Uh, thanks for having me back, Harrianto. The... Uh no, really what we're talking about uh, is the number of people that need intensive care, the number of people that, that need oxygen or are deteriorating and might need oxygen, these type of people. Actually, there's still a lot of people in hospital that, if you like, are, are left over from the period when we were still um, admitting everybody to hospital or, or some to community care facilities. So, so some of those rules are, are still being, being tweaked and, and I must say um, very successfully the, the number of hospitalised patients that don't need to be there for reasons of hospitalisation, um, that, that number's coming down. The, the numbers to really look at are the ones that are, that are on, on oxygen uh, and the ones that are in, in intensive care, which is, which is still quite manageable. And uh, you know, furthermore, to, to deal with any risk of being overwhelmed, uh, the, as, as you know, there's uh, the, 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 the development of really some innovative efforts uh, to create new facilities for different categories of patients. So, so less people will have to be in hospital for the, you know, just in case we're going to observe you, they can be observed in, in communi community facilities, which are a little bit more ramped up for, for observation and even providing some oxygen. So um, also there's other people such as those infected in nursing homes. They could be completely well, but they need to be taken away from the, the other residents of the nursing home so they don't get infected, but they need care. So rather than providing that care in hospital, then hopefully we can have facilities 
where we can provide that care while they get over what is probably um, uh, and hopefully a, a very mild um, infection with COVID. So, Professor, having said that, are there other numbers that uh, we should be looking at as well, apart from ICU or seriously ill? Say, for example, the number of patients that have been discharged, for example. Um, <clears throat> not really. Of course, we, we like it when, when patients are discharged, but, uh, but, but the burden on the, on the hospital is, is really, though, and, and on society for that matter, is the people that are severely well. Someone coming into ICU is going to be there for, for two weeks. Uh, uh, that's the average. Um, people on oxygen, it'll, it'll be a bit less. But um, no, I, I guess if you're going to look at anything else, you, you would be looking at the number of people that, that get infected, um, particularly seniors, and particularly if, you're, if they're unvaccinated, because they're the ones of, of, of highest risk of progressing, progressing to, to seriously ill. So we're still very concerned about, about seniors that get, um, get vaccinated, uh, that are unvaccinated. Professor, the current wave of infections emerged about a month ago. Is our COVID-19 situation peaking? And if not, when do you think that will be? So this is one of the unknowns, really. We, we don't know how, how high this peak will go. Um, we want it to go slowly, right? We, we don't want to see a big spike in, in severe cases. That's what exactly what would overwhelm hospitals. Um, so, so we'd like to see, a, we're back to the, to the days of trying to flatten the curve. We, we'd like to see um, a, a gentle rise uh, in the numbers. And I think this is precisely what, um, what government's looking at, because if, that's not, if that rise is not gentle and it's too steep, then we know that hospitals can become threatened. And that's when, when you're likely to see um, some, some community level interventions to try and cool things off and, and, and stop the, the numbers. As I say, particularly if you're seeing large numbers of elderly and large numbers of unvaccinated people infected, then they're the ones that we worry most about, both for their own health and, and for the, the health of the health system. Prof, thank you so much for your perspectives. That was Professor Dale Fisher and Seniors Infectious Diseases Consultant at NUH.